The NBA Finals are heating up. Looking for hot takes on all the postseason action? The Old Man and the Three, presented by BMW, is the podcast to listen to for the ultimate finals coverage. Host and former NBA sharpshooter J.J. Redick not only has a plugged-in perspective on the action from his time in the league, but he's also announcing the games in real time for ESPN. J.J. has the ultimate insider point of view, and he's taking you along for the ride as he breaks down the best defensive schemes, dunks, and drives from each game. And speaking of incredible drives, there's no better place to tune into your new favorite podcast, The Old Man and the Three, than in a standard-setting BMW. Luxury meets power to create a wholly new driving experience. Push the limits this NBA season with the brand that set the ultimate standard. BMW, the ultimate driving machine. Let's face it, people have different sleep needs. While you love your partner, sleeping next to them might not always be the most comfortable. Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Maybe you prefer a firmer mattress and your partner needs something softer. Because of the individualized comfort that you get from Sleep Number Smart Beds, you and your partner will sleep better together. All Sleep Number Smart Beds feature cooling, pressure-relieving comfort layers for soothing sleep throughout the night. And their temperature-balancing bedding is designed to move heat and moisture away when you're hot. When you're cool, they hold their energy to help warm you. The smart beds even automatically respond and adjust to your movements, so you sleep comfortably all night long. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards only at a sleep number store or sleepnumber.com hi (laughs) (laughs) that's a beautiful intro and welcome to the yahoo fantasy football podcast i am liz loza who is very very not awkwardly adjusting herself in this seat (laughs) um i am why are you looking at me (laughs) next to me judging naturally is matt Harmon, as he is all too often and um, here's the best surprise of my day, which tells you about my day. Brad Evans is joining us. Uh, hola, amigos. Uh, why is there not tequila in my hand right now? I demanded it from producer Brett, and he failed to come through for me. Producer Brett is, he's, you know, right now he's got some rose quartz in his pocket. He's working through some stuff. We do have All some right. Kirkland Spice rum back here, if you guys are not, really interested. Kirkland not in a from Costco? Years. From where, Loza? From Costco. From, from Costco or Costco? From Costco. Costco. Her Chicago accent just bleeds through and random. You know why? Because I'm great. so comfortable with you guys that I allow myself to be my authentic that. self. That's good. Yeah. So, can we just talk about the Bears for the next hour? Uh, Isn't sure. that your plan? It, I told you I'm going to hijack this podcast to talk about Dave Montgomery and all the superlatives well, that's great I can attach to him. Matt and I have him. not talked about him actually at all since. May? Since I, I, yeah, I think since May. Yeah. Like Brad hopped on campus today and, and said that to me. And I was like, when was the last time we even talked about yeah. No. So, so go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. David Montgomery, Eagle Scout, all around good guy, great skill set. Okay. Well, let's, let's I'm gonna, qualify I'm, I'm you this. up here. I'm not You don't do any rankings, but True. let me, let me state it as, as this. Will David Montgomery in a 12 team setting, half point PPR, which is Yahoo standard, be a top 24 or RB2 running back? Harmon? Yes. Okay. I think he will be top 24. You say he's top 24. Loza? Yes, he's my RB20 or tw- RB22. Okay. And I'm at RB17 and I'm thinking about moving up several spots. So what is his ceiling 
this season, Matt Harmon? Where, where could you realistically see him finish if everything falls into place, if everything clicks at what should be a prolific offense, which should be positive game scripts, which should be a situation in which he could become the next Kareem Hunt? But we expect, see, I don't know that he has that ceiling. Okay. Tariq Cohen is still there. I think Mike Davis will factor in here and there. Also, I personally, when I was doing my projections, projected this Bears offense to throw more this year because we know that the defense will regress. Have they you seen Trubisky? Be... Have you read the reports in training camp? <laughs> yeah, I know. I said they're going to throw more. I didn't say it would, they'd be throwing better. <laughs> I said they'd be doing it more. There, there is a difference to. between attempts and completions. Yes. Well, that's, that's certain. And look, uh, Matt Nagy has been a mad scientist, uh, you know, just kind of cooking up recipes, uh, plays with this triumvirate at running back. But the one thing he did really well last year was mask the flaws of Mitchell Trubisky. He has not made any advancements. According to local reports there at Bears Camp uh, at Olivet Nazarene University in Bourbon A, Illinois, uh, I think it's going to be, you know, this all this outlandish talk of Mitchell Trubisky winning the MVP. I don't know if you guys saw the news out in Vegas a couple of weeks ago. He opened it 50 to 1 to win the MVP Bears fans, because they're obviously inebriated on old styles, fly out to Sin City, they go out to Jersey, and they have hammered that line down now to 25 to 1. No chance. I have a better chance of winning the Bachelorette's affections over, say, a Cliff Kingsbury than... Mr. Drabisky does Mr. winning the MVP. Bachelorette made a, she whiffed real hard. How you don't end up with Tyler Cameron is beyond me. Regardless. Windmill. Well, oh, so Four what? times in that damn windmill. windmill. That windmill four got a workout. times. I didn't even watch the show, Tyler and I just know the windmill was the star of it. What is this? You don't want to know. Well, well earmuffs, youngster. Earmuffs, please. Uh, so, well, let's, so, let's, yeah, let's get back to the Bears. So I've got, so tell me if you think this is fair. I've got him projected for 229 carries. 963 yards, six touchdowns, 32 catches, 240 yards, and another touchdown. Under 1,000 rushing. Under 1,000 rushing. Uh, I think that's entirely fair. Uh, again, I think the touchdowns are low. So it's, it's I think the touchdowns early. are low. And touchdowns are fickle, as we what all know. What was your know. touchdown projection? Rushing six. touchdowns? Six. Is that six, six total? One, one more through the air. So, so seven, seven total. total. Okay, so is I'm that, a little bit more I have a question. Is that because you think Mike Davis is going to have more exposure to the goal line? Yeah, I think, he'll, I think he'll pop a few in. I, I have to scroll all the way down. I mean, he could, he could vulture, but ultimately Matt Nagy is looking for an every down back. And everything that you're hearing, even from some of the, you know, the coaching staff of the Bears right now, is that they're crafting, they're tailoring Montgomery to be that three-down running back. We've seen it before with Nagy. We saw it with Kareem Hunt. And there's going to be draft picks out there like, well, look at the athletic profile of David Montgomery. He's a sloth. He can't move. Who cares? It doesn't matter. He doesn't run in straight lines. What he does is he makes guys miss. The Kareem Hunt was a poor athlete on paper, too. It almost ran an identical 40 time yeah. as David Montgomery. What Montgomery did in college was shake everybody out of their cleats. Over 100 missed tackles in back-to-back years. The only player in a season. And again, he did it twice in the pro football focus era to achieve that feat. The Bears' line's top 10. The defense is ultra-elite. Nothing but positive game scripts. You're kidding yourself if you are not buying in the hype of Dave Montgomery. I think the ceiling is top 10. I, I think top 15 probably ceiling, but he's a fine buy in the fourth. I've taken him plenty in the fourth. I round. don't know. Why, I mean, nobody's disagreeing that he's not a RB24 or an RB2. Brad is, Brad is doing what I was doing the other week with Michael Thomas, where it's probably like, Oh, a couple of guys are up in your mentions. A couple of guys are up in his mentions, or yeah. a couple, maybe, a, I, don't, I don't even know if there are any other analysts out there that totally disagree with you. And Brad has hyper-focused on those people, and is that that minority pisses him off no, so I'm, much. I'm just trying to, to slaughter. I have so much egg 
still caught in my retina that you know, from Royce the Royce Freeman, Freeman last year incident <laughs> oh. that I'm trying to save some sort of face. And I go all in on a player every single year. People know my history was like uh, Ryan Matthews back in the day, Josh Gordon. And I'll do it again. We are uh, doing it again. Well, we're back, <laughs> baby. I beat, I beat the drum for Felix Jones one season. Amir Abdullah, too. So that's a Amir Abdullah. Remember that preseason? Yeah. They've all failed. Not this time. Felix Jones. That's, it's going to happen with Montgomery. That's a tough scene. Which would <laughs> you was. prefer, given their... Uh, I'm going to ask Matt this question because I know your answer. Mark Ingram or Dave Montgomery? Oh, Ingram. I prefer Ingram. Get to it. No, it's definitely Dave Montgomery for me. And I think Ingram's an interesting one because, you know, Baltimore should be a conservative offense once again. They're going to be run-centered. Now, you know, you hear the reports of uh, John Harbaugh coming out and saying, hey, some reporters said, what's the over-under? If I said it at 139 on Russia Tim's or Lamar Jackson, and Harbaugh goes, over. Oh, uh, yeah. Never. These coaches, like, it's over. Way unbelievable over. how they have no understanding of, like, no. volume at all. But you'll find, to be fair, though, this is a really good question by you because projection-wise, again, I've got... Mark Ingram, 960 yards on the ground. Three fewer. Six and a half touchdowns. Half a touchdown, that's nice. Uh, 31 catches and 230 yards. So really right around the same. And, and, and they're drafted within two spots of one yeah, another. They're, they're both similar. guys they take in the fourth round. Yeah, I mean, they're almost mirror images of one another in terms of their situations, too. Because, you know, you got Tariq Cohen in Chicago, Justice Hill in Baltimore. So you got those satellite backs, and you love Justice Hill. Um, you know, Kenneth Dixon is there. Maybe he's kind of the Mike Davis type. You know, compared to Chicago, he probably. I'm just, up. I'm just talking about right. in terms of. I mean, I'm taking Justice Hill over Tree Cohen. Wow, what? No, I, yeah, I no. am. I mean, I'm not drafting right. him, yeah, but yeah. I am looking at in terms of pet players. I am more, I am more, feel more favorably towards Justice Hill. He has Hill your eye. More. I, I think, I think Cohen is almost criminally undervalued right now. And if, if you look at his ADPs consistently going like round seven, even in PPR drafts, which I find insane. Now, is, his, is he going to get 90-plus carries again this year? Hell no. Not going to happen. Snowball's chance. But could he catch another 60 to 70 balls? I say absolutely. Where the regression comes in are the touchdowns. He's got to have to hit the home runs. Uh, he's got to be explosive in space, which he certainly is. He's a human joystick, for crying out loud. But Montgomery, I feel, will be the lion's share holder of red zone opportunities and that is within the Bears. because of his versatile skill set. So now let's talk about... Did you about... see the video? That was all over the video. I've seen all the videos, but I'm trying to work a transition. So just... Okay, okay, okay. okay. Melvin go. Gordon and Zeke Elliott, also top-end elite fantasy running backs with, with dimensional talents. They're holding out. There's this all of this buzz, right, as to whether or not we should care. It should matter because of the precedent set by Le'Veon Bell. They are two different scenarios, I think. Let's start with Zeke. I'm going to I'm gonna tell you what I think first, okay. right? Um, so I understand you're going to talk about Josina Anderson and, and yeah, the information Yeah, because it's important. She she it's absolutely important, yeah. important. But ultimately, we also know Zeke wants to get paid. What do we know? Zeke wants to get paid. What do we know from the history? Jerry Jones pays his guys. Yep, he there, caves. There, there is a large data sample here from us to, for us to pull from. So this past weekend, I was at the pool with my kid, kids. And uh, my son jumped into the pool. I'm trying to teach him how to dive. It's, this very, it's, it's actually quite fun. <laughs> so I'm going on all these dives, and he jumps into the pool, and he jumps right onto a pool noodle. And his hand smacks right into a bee. And into the stinger. So he stings himself. The rest of the day, he doesn't want to dive anymore. He's, a, he's afraid because there's bees buzzing around that he's going to get stung by a bee. And I say, babe, the chances of you getting stung by a bee 
again today are so rare. You already got stung. Now you don't got to be afraid because it's not going to happen again. That is the same thing that I will say to everyone who is leaning into recency bias and pointing to Le'Veon Bell. Yes, the anomaly happened last year. And the more space we have from the anomaly, the more comfortable we are with logic again. So I am not particularly worried about the Zeke situation. The only thing that does worry me is if he hangs out in Cabo and he's hanging with Sammy Hagar, whoever that old Van... Van yeah, Van Halen! Right. Sammy I, Hagar! I don't know. Lava, not dude! Not, not even the good from Van Halen. Well, yeah, there's a debate there, but yeah, I'm on team... Uh, what's Roth, the other one? Van, Van Neal? And, and then there was some Van, random dude was that was a lead one. singer of Extreme. They had some song called More Than Words, and then he was part of Van Halen. David Lee Roth David is Lee the original. Oh, that Vince Neal was not the... No, no, dude. You're singer. thinking of Motley Crue, dude. I'm sorry. Anyway, so if um, <laughs> Zeke Elliott is hanging out in Cabo doing things that are not great for maybe one's body, and then the, he returns to camp. Listen, the only thing I could be worried about potentially is saying like, oh, maybe he's out of shape and he like pulls something. That is the only thing that is giving me pause, not holding out because I am not going to lean into the anomaly being the normal. But that's my take. Well, and just kind of piggyback on what you're saying, this is entirely different from Le'Veon Bell's situation because there is not that rich history that's tied to the franchise tag, mm -hmm. right? Le'Veon Bell was pissed off that he was getting repeatedly franchised. And for him, that burned a bridge. It was abrasive. It rubbed him the wrong way. And he had a lot of resentment as a result of it. And that's why there was no positive solution to that whole circumstance. Zeke's situation is, is again, polar opposite because Dallas is built to win right now. Mm -hmm. and they're a good team. They're a great team on paper. They are contenders in the NFC. They're contenders to reach Miami and represent that conference in the Super Bowl. They know, Jerry knows, that the only way they're going to get there, it's not going to be with Pollard. It's not going to be with Alfred Morris, the butler, who may be as old as the Batman version, right? Come off the scrap heap. I don't even think he's 30 yet, but well, it seems like seems like he's been, like he's been forever. Uh, it seems like he's like 10 years yeah. older than Adrian Peterson almost. Oof. But you look at that situation, they know that he is the heart and soul. Everything in that offense Revolves rolls on. through Zeke Elliott. Zeke knows it. Yeah, he's hanging out with Cabo. Yeah, he may be doing shots with Sammy Hagar. Uh, true story, I got proposition cocaine last time I was in Cabo. It was what? quite funny walking down the street. Somebody said, hey, hey Brad, you want some good old-fashioned cocaine? I was like, this is going to lead me to a dark alley and my kidney out. So I was like, no, I'm good. So hopefully he's avoiding those vices in Cabo. These things happen down there. Really, you think you really rammed that one in there? Well, I'm just telling you. I'm just telling you. I've been to Cabo twice, and that never happened to me. I, but but he will eventually sign. I would be shocked if he missed a single game. If you were drafting this weekend, if you were drafting any time in the next couple of weeks, and Zeke falls to say five overall, and you're deciding between him and David Johnson, you take Zeke Elliott. So. I think there's a chance that he that he plays this year again on his rookie contract because Dallas did say, I know the history is Jerry Jones pays his guys, but Stephen Jones did come out and say, we don't want to be market setters at any position. I don't think they're going to set the receiver market with Amari Cooper because that would be ridiculous. They're obviously not going to set the quarterback market with, with Dak, Dak Prescott. No. But I think that Zeke wants to set the running back market, but how can they possibly look at what has gone on with, the, with Todd Gurley and think we want to be the next team to get in bed or what with they did with DeMarco Murray in their own franchise history. Yeah. No, I yeah, think there's a chance I think there's a chance that they just keep on running Zeke and then they let him walk. So I think there's a chance he doesn't get extended, but I'm with you guys that I think he's playing 
week one, barring any sort of injury situation, whatever. But I would look at it this way. As we've said, I don't do rankings, but I do do my tiers. They're coming out the next couple of weeks. I think I'm going to move Zeke down to tier two alone with David Johnson okay. right there. Okay, like, so, so, so to tier me, two is David Johnson? Alo- it was going to be just David Johnson alone because I see him separate from the top the four. Le- well, from the top four and then the, but the next group, like Le'Veon Bell, James Conner, those guys, I see David Johnson is above those guys, but not quite top four. So is this going to be him tier two alone? Now I think it will be so, Zeke and DJ. Wait, you're going to move Saquon Barkley and all of his stack boxes? You're going to keep him in a tier above? How's that any difference from last year? Yes. Well, I think... I mean, the receiving... There's no OBJ. The receiving core is... How are they going to Even when OBJ missed games, Saquon Barkley was still doing work. It was, it was volatile. He had two big games. One was against Washington, which, LOL, Washington. And then the other two... Then there were two others where he was a little slower. So I think... I'm, I would not. Alvin Kamara is my 1.01 pick. Sure, I, I we saying you, that right. But. So you're going Kamara, CMC, Barkley, yep. Zeke, and David Johnson in their own next year. Yes, like if, again, if Zeke was if this holdout thing with with Zeke was not happening, he would probably be my three over Barkley. Right. But because of the risk of, because again, I expect him to play week one, but I don't know a damn thing. He might not play week one. So just barring for that risk, I'm going to keep him. I think him and David Johnson are now inter- interchangeable. I think this is just a buying opportunity. What about Melvin Gordon? Well, that's an entirely different situation. So let's quickly talk about it since it is an entirely different situation because Melvin Gordon hasn't has no damn leverage. Is zero leverage. Like to me, this is I don't think either of these guys have much leverage. I think Uh, Zeke Zeke certainly has leverage leverage because but only in like an esoteric way where it's like okay. Because the offense runs through. Right, but that doesn't really mean anything when it comes to But that's not esoteric. Timing timing and contract sort of situation. It does he doesn't have any leverage in that way. But continue. I think this for Melvin Gordon is different because he's friends with Le'Veon Bell. He's admitted to being friends right there's interviews where he said he appreciates what he does. He wants to be part of it. And also the difference between Zeke and Melvin Gordon is that Zeke hasn't broken down towards the end of the season every single season. He doesn't have a, what was the MCL situation in Gordon's knee after his rookie year that made him such yep. a value in his second yeah, year yeah. and an amazing bounce back candidate, right? There also aren't two other pieces that are replaceable that the offense has talked about being high on the way that Gordon has. And what are they going to get? I mean, Matt, you made this point. What are, what are the Chargers going to get from a second round pick? Like, to me, nobody's going to trade for him. But, Nobody however, is. I mean, Houston came out and said they're not going to. I do think, despite the fact that Gordon, in my estimation, has less leverage in this situation, there is a larger chance of Gordon missing games. Correct. Agree. And I don't know who's representing him, but wow. Therefore, I have dropped him in my rankings. Yeah. So at what point would you entertain Melvin Gordon's service? Third round. That's tough, yeah. Uh, Beginning of the third. I, I was in a draft earlier this week. He's the new A.J. Green. I had the ultimate Team Huevos uh, draft, by the way. I had the number one overall pick. I took Zeke. <laughs> I, said, I took him in Sin City Showdown. And then number 24 overall, Gordon was there. I was like, the hell with it. I'm going to roll the dice. And I took Melvin Gordon at that point. Now, the difference here between Dallas and the Chargers, the fact that the you know, Chargers have Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. Right. They're really high on Jackson in particular. And if you're looking to invest in that backfield of one of those two guys, don't extend that go-go gadget arm and get Austin Eckler in round six. Because I've been seeing that consistently. Justin Jackson six? in round, yes. In round 10, That's such in round 11, is the better value. And the guy that could ultimately lead this backfield and a half-point PPR timeshare, because I think he's going to get most of the goal line work. Eckler was no bueno when his role expanded yeah, last yeah. year. Yeah. Terribly inefficient. He was largely efficient overall in that satellite role, but when he became the main man, he could not handle the burden. Projection-wise, what I did with this offense, thinking that Melvin Gordon is going to miss games, 
to me, that actually boosts up the passing game weapon. So it's Hunter Henry. Was just, Hunter Henry, yep. Keenan Mike, Allen, Mike Williams, Mike Williams Keenan yeah. Allen, Philip Billy Rivers. Rivers. I mean, all of these guys, I think, get the boost because not only do they want to establish the run for whatever reason, you know, with Melvin Gordon back there, they also throw him the ball a lot. And I think more of those targets, sure, they can go to Eckler, but they can also be dispersed out through the other through the other guys. But look, can we play a little this or that? Do it. Just a few different names. What about uh, on Johnson for Melvin Gordon? Uh, right now, are we talking half point PPR? Sure. Um, Yahoo standard. Yeah, presently, I have Melvin Gordon still, but give me a week and it'll be carry on. What about Leonard Fournette? Hell no. I'll take Melvin Gordon. I'll take, I'll take the I'm risk I'm kind of warming to Leonard Fournette and I hate myself for it, but you know, whatever. Carry on Johnson is interesting because without, and we talked about this on last week's episode with the foot, with the ballers, fantasy footballers, Andy, Jason, and, that one uh, is it, I thought it was Jeff. Is it John? You know, I thought it Jeff? might have been Josh, which got me in a little bit. Johnny? Of trouble, in fact, Jason, I'll never forget Oh, Jason. Um, <laughs> um, oh, the absence of uh, theoretic, right? The, oh, yeah. The Huge. Well, is it Ty Johnson then? I mean, uh, carry on. I think it's realistic to say, can he catch more than 60 balls? If you were setting over under 59 and a half, I'd take the over. What about yeah, Devonta sure. Freeman, Melvin Gordon? Melvin Gordon. What about, uh, so, we're, but Joe Mixon, James Conner, Dalvin Cook, I'm assuming those guys are all. I take Gordon over Mixon. I am not a Mixon guy this year. Okay. You know what? In fact, I think let's talk about that first round um, of that running is. backs because this is, this is an interesting conversation. So when you look of, at running backs that are potentially going to go somewhere in the first round, locks, we've all decided, are Barkley, Zeke, CMC, Kamara, and David Johnson, yes. we're all happy with yeah, those. I, I, we all have to agree on Le'Veon Bell too. No, I think he's. Well, so these are the maybe. at this point: Bell, Gordon, Connor, Gurley, Mixon, Chubb, and Cook. My guy has been Chubb. He's not going in the first round, though. You're getting him sometimes early portion of round three, depending upon the format. I am happy. I am happy with him coming to me in the second. If I am picking after the five spot in a twelve-team snake, right? I would like at the six spot Devonte Adams. He's my number one receiver. I'm going to pass on Kelsey. That's a different conversation if I'm at the end of one of those snakes. But I would like to lean into receiver and then let Chubb or Cook, those are the two guys that I'm often choosing between, fall to me. I don't think Cook or Chubb go in the first round. Do you agree? Agree. Which yes. one do you like? You like Chubb better than Cook. I do it too. It depends on the damn day. I, I'm Chubb, but I, I like I Dalvin Cook quite a bit. Yeah. yeah. both. I like both. But, you know, I think really the, the point of contention here for a lot of people is, is James Conner. Because they're buying into this narrative, because Roethlisberger even came out and said it earlier this week, that Pittsburgh's going to run more two running back sets. They really like what Jalen Samuels brings to the table. They're going to run more periods, too. Right. But it doesn't mean that Samuels is going to be a major thorn in the side of Connor. Connor was remarkably efficient last year. Had twelve starts. He's not a guy who's been entirely only twelve durable. starts. That's Benny a large Snell. Of the Listen, season. the uh, oh lord. Listen, I I love Benny Snell. I, I watched him at the University of Kentucky. The guy was slow, an absolute runaway truck. But there is no way that Benny Snell is going to come in and all of a sudden sees eight to ten touches. He per is game. going to once. So the question, I, I'm not disagreeing with that to start the season. But when James Conner eventually gets hurt, I think how do we know that? I mean, you you never know. But the I, assumption that the it, man beat cancer, and he didn't play his entire rookie year, and then only had twelve starts. Oh, and you're saying only twelve starts? Twelve out of sixteen. If he is going to run more in his third season, and they are in fact not going to pass as much, which I think we're all in agreement on, then are we sure that he's going to stay yes. durable? All right. Well, it's you at least a say, question worth asking. 
So, You're right to ask. I mean, you could ask it about any question. running back in the league. Are they going to be able to play 16? So here, here to me is the question. He, I have him ranked in my top 10. I think he's my RB8 or 9, something okay. like that, right? So I'm not disagreeing with where we need to put him because of the question marks surrounding the other backs. However, he's going at the 111 spot, end of the first round. Do you think that that is a good spot, or would you rather have someone like Julio Jones or OBJ? This is I love that we're talking about this because, yeah, it's like, cool, I'm a rank – James yes. Conner there, but when I'm on the clock, I'm clicking receivers around the turn. Uh, honestly, I love getting OBJ and Tyree Kill on that one-two turn. And they That's, are going around the exact same spot. Uh, to yeah. support your argument, I will say this. The beauty of it is if you're in the back half of round one, right, and you go wide receiver, wide receiver, whatever combination of wideouts that you want, it is such a, such a luxury this year in round three to see a Marlon Mack, an Aaron yeah. Jones, a Derrick Henry there. There are trem- – this Leonard is one Fournette. of the richest round three classes of running backs in the 25 years that I have played fantasy that I can ever recall. It is stunning how deep it is in that range. How many miles did you have to walk to school up a hill in the snow back then? Uh, moms used to, you know, drop me off in the grocery getter, dude. It's all good. The, the, the tough scene, though, <laughs> is if you, if you do decide to go – I've talked about this on pod many times, but if you do decide to go receiver, receiver, and then you get tempted again to take one of those tight ends or maybe another receiver in round three or four – then you're banged when it's like running back in rounds five to eight. That's a tough You And listen, I do actually listen to your guys' podcast, believe it or not. And I, I've heard you harp on that pretty much every single pod, the rounds five through eight. Now, here's the counter argument to that. I have, I've heard your stale content, Harmon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You've made that point an awful lot. <laughs> Brandon Foss and I on, on our podcast, The Fantasy Record, have said this too, that, that out. We, we believe this year, and it's just my opinion, I, I think there is very little difference between, say, like RB 18, 19 to RB 30. Okay. I think you can make a very strong argument for any of the running backs within that large grouping or tier. I think it is actually a little bit deeper of a running back class, and we have seen in recent seasons in this Who do you like? era. Yeah. I like Tariq I like Cohen, Cohen, and that's like it. I like Tariq Cohen. Uh, that one immediately comes to mind. Uh, I'm not a big Philip Lindsay guy, but Royce Freeman, obviously, I'm big on. Uh, you know, those those are two guys that instantly come to mind. I think Tevin Coleman is going Tevin in that Coleman. range. What Tevin about Chris Coleman? Carson? I know you're a petty guy. I, on petty. I like both of them. I yeah. think both have a realistic chance of being there. top 24 running backs, knowing how conservative that system was, running at over 52% of the time. What about Miles Sanders? He's on the, like... Well, Sanders is interesting plus. right now yeah. because, well, Sanders right now, depending upon what ADP measurement you're using, in some best ball drafts I've seen in the last 48 hours, RB35, RB36, mm-hmm. he's going almost the same range as Jordan Howard, interestingly enough. I don't know if you saw the the video of him, you know, that that was taken in the in the Phillies scrimmage game. He's been bouncing around all over the place. He's been making plays. He looks explosive. Sanders, if you follow the beat writer reports, you talk about the drum beat, you Sigmund Bloom. You know, it's I, I always compare it to the chain by Fleetwood Mac, you know, kind of the build-up in the song. Yeah. I, I don't know. You know who Fleetwood oh, yeah, Mac is? I got okay, you. Good. I'm on Fleetwood Mac. Yeah. So uh, you know, that kind of now she doesn't, uh, which is shocking to me, but there's a build-up in the song, and then yeah, Lindsey Buckingham just rocks it out, starts shredding. Landslide? Yeah, that, the Fleet, that's a Fleetwood Max. This is the chain, one of their better in the catalog. Anyway, listen to it. You'll understand the analogy here. But or Sanders, <laughs> the drumbeat is getting louder with him. Yeah. And you do worry about Jordan Howard seizing command of goal line touches early in the year. But Sanders is clearly the best running back in that backfield. I mean, Howie Roseman said, this is the best running back we've had since LaShawn McCoy. Yeah. So it's only a matter of if and when 
he takes over, and I think the F is pretty much answered already. It's when now, when yeah. he takes over in that backfield, though it's still going to be some loose revolving door because it's Doug Peterson. Preseason is going to matter a lot for Miles yeah. Sanders because, yeah, he could go out and seize that job, and it's him as the 1A with a decent gap to Jordan Howard as the 1B right away in the, in the beginning of the season, or it could be a situation like an Aaron Jones or Nick Chubb last year where you don't want to draft that guy, but you want to get him in the middle of the season. And it's the best offensive line, you could argue, True. in football. And a good and offense. entire offense. Yeah, exactly. Offense I mean, rocks. Sanders is that guy right now. If you're looking for a running back that's consistently going outside the position's top 30 who could win you your fantasy league, it's probably But Miles I think Sanders. Matt makes a really good point that, that people are, may get bored in the first month of the season and you Cunning. might be able to scoop him on yeah. waivers real yeah, quick. Yeah, but you've got to be patient in this game, man. But it, people it's a are marathon, not. not a sprint. Yeah, but people aren't. People are not. And you can take advantage of that weakness. Again, like it was with Aaron Jones last year or Nick Chubb. Like those guys yeah. didn't start the year. Chubb like got they cut finished. often. Yeah. <laughs> Chubb was on waiver wires everywhere because yeah. Carlos Hyde, like before he was traded, was, you know, he was, was not playing well in real life. But well, he, he, he did play well once Freddie Kitchens was installed. Yeah. No, once, well, I'm sorry, once Baker Mayfield was installed. Yeah. The, the, the like tape before and after I Baker just, Mayfield. I'm just, it's just on a side note with Baker Mayfield. I'm so happy that you have come to the side of Team Baker, a man that is biting into beers and shotgunning them. I never had it with a sexy, him. greasy mustache. I love everything about Baker Mayfield I right now. The mustache. He is my spirit it's animal. It's a bad look. It's Baker Mayfield. Well, if I could come about, back, it's let's, Baker. Let's start with Baker. Let's talk about the AFC. Oh, yes, let's, let's do, do a it. preview, let's right? Do like, it. Come on and get it into it. We talked yes. about Chubb. I told you he was my guy, but Baker, I was, uh, first of all, I always liked his ethos. I just thought, as I've already apologized. You were Team Tyrod. Yes. That Tyrod. Condolences. I, <laughs> listen, I there are many more bad takes coming this week. <laughs> 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 well, he, oh, so, so Baker Mayfield, not only is he great at shotgunning beers, and by the way, the re rank, uh, according to the Chug Challenge, Matthew Stafford, still number one. Then Baker Mayfield, number two, then Trubisky, and then Aaron Rodgers, a whole nother tier at the very bottom. And Kirk Cousins is drinking claws. So, <laughs> whoa. Yeah, that's right. Claws. Yeah, get your paws on some claws, There's Kirk Cousins. Wrong. Listen, He's not good. They're, they're bad. They're, claws they're bad. are like central to hot mom summer. Don't even talk about uh, it. I don't know. My wife drinks Trulies. Is, is there like a West Side they're Story battle between claw people? I don't know. And she and people? I can have a thirst off and oh, find out. Oh, good Lord. They're uh, both bad. That's my stance. Anyway, uh, Baker Mayfield, I have right now a QB, I believe six or seven. I, 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 I think there's, there's a little bit of overhype with him. I think there's some people that believe that he's on such a high plane right now. He's going to take this quantum leap in overall production with OBJ, you know, with another season of David and Joe, who assuming he got the hands transplant in the offseason because he dropped some easy passes. You have Jarvis Landry there. Nick Chubb really improved his receiver late mm -hmm. in the year. I like Antonio Callaway, especially best well, ball drafts, played on Yahoo. Antonio Callaway could be a really interesting home run hitter. Uh, he yeah. could be, you know, maybe a Tyrell Williams type within this offensive system. Right. So what's a bad cop? So that's not a bad cop. Not a bad cop? Okay, good. Thankfully, uh, I got the reception perception uh, support on that one. But, you know, I, there are better quarterback values, but you can't go wrong with Baker Mayfield. Just don't overreach for his services. Yeah, I'm in on Baker. I have him in QB tier two at QB six. So I, I'm, I'm like right there with you. I think there's a chance he could lead the NFL in touchdown passes who if everything hits in this offense. I think he could easily clear 30. So who has a better season? Yeah. Let, let's say everything goes right for this one player, and another one of my pet players I'm bring up, Kyler Murray. Who has a better if, season? If everything goes right for Kyler Murray, does he outperform no. Baker Mayfield? No. 
I say he does. I don't think so. I say he absolutely. I have Andy him Isabella? in the Andy Isabella. is. I mean, but that, that's an afterthought. Right. It, yeah. Keyshawn Johnson's the all the rage. There, right now. sure for right now. But I mean, I think when you look at it, it is hard for me to buy into Kyler over Baker, even if everything goes right. When you look at the tools at his disposal, when you have OBJ, Christian Kirk is according to reception perception. Well, I did the I, research. I don't know, Matt. Like. I know you have this methodology, but I'm and I haven't read all of it because you won't give it to me for free. <laughs> you couldn't copper no, a reception no, perception. Let's no. talk about this. the amount let's, of like beers and that. Oh, excuse me, stuff that I have bought. Met Harmon. Oh, uh, I, oh, I mean, I know oh. you've been finishing my beers. All <laughs> We're going to talk fired. about that. Listen, we could talk about this off air, but it's a little hard to get some people to get you some free copy. You can't just send me a, a Google copy, the Google Doc, and like email it to me. Well, I theoretically could. Right, but you don't want to. No, I, I mean, this I'd is love the to. generous relationship that I'm in. Oh my god! Anyway, so back to Kyler Murray. Um, well, what's the, what was your I don't point? think that Christian Kirk's reception perception RVHCs are. Uh, Blowing OBJs out of the water. No, nobody's no. blowing OBJ out of the water in this entire discussion. Success rate versus coverage. Thank you. I'm not, I mean, I'm not saying SRBC. that. I'm not yeah, saying that. Not, I dropped the acronym. Well, I don't know. I've never seen it, so. But the Arsenal's, the Arsenal's really good in Arizona. The top it's, three it's guys are advertised. Good. Yes. yes, the top, top three, three guys. And Keyshawn really Johnson could be a, a diamond in the rough. Fourth guy in their spread. Third right now. Fourth after David Johnson. Yes. That's if you include David Johnson, David then yes. Yes. What you got? But third among the wideouts. Yeah. But my whole thing with Colin Murray is this. It's all about the rushing yards. Yeah. Right? And that's the differentiator between a Baker Mayfield and some of these classic, you know, pocket passers that we're ranking in the, you know, five to ten range. That's a great point, though. Let's let's go back to the AFC North, though, and talk about these running quarterbacks. Let's talk about Lamar Jackson. Right. The pet yes. player. He's one right there. from your pet yeah. players to, to one of Matt's. I mean, he just did the hot girl snap, so talk. I mean, Lamar Jackson's QB1. If, like, you're drafting a lay-around quarterback, it should be Lamar Jackson. For one, they have a great schedule to start the season. He is a rushing quarterback. Play Arizona, I believe. They play Arizona yes, week two or three. Arizona, yeah. Right up there. They play, I think they play Miami uh, early in the season. I don't know the damn schedule. Off the Team top Josh Rosen. Losing. Failure. You're getting your <laughs> future XFL. <clears throat> Whew, that's got to He would never play for the XFL. Yeah, you're right. If he's if, if he's, he's desperate enough, well, no. does he care about football? He's going to save the, the world. Question, he's not going to work for. Um, anyways, back to one of the uh, 2018 quarterbacks who's actually good, <laughs> uh, Lamar Jackson. <laughs> Look, because you agree on Lamar Jackson too, but let's just hunker in. You have you have the rushing upside, of course, and if he takes any step as a passer, then you're easily getting a top 12 fantasy quarterback with the upside to be, a, I think, a top five guy. I think ceiling wise, he probably because I think he will run more from a designed perspective than a Kyler Murray will. I think he has a higher rushing ceiling than Murray does. I think he could rush for 1,000 yards this year. I, I, and I think 700, if he plays 16 games, is a solid and, and by all beat rider accounts, you know, he has been more accurate so far in training camp. Uh, Start a little rocky, but it's getting, it, it's gotten getting better. a little better. And it's the reason better. why it's gotten better is because he's gotten Mark Andrews more and more involved. Yeah. Every single on day the- on my feed, all we keep hearing is touchdown pass from Lamar Jackson to Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews making another splashy catch. Mark Andrews, the best play of the day. Yeah. That drum beat is deafening. Yeah. Right now. And steady. It's Phil Collins on In the Air what? Tonight. Oh, my God. These Collins. What is a Phil Collins? Is that Genesis? Uh, he was part of Genesis. Okay, I'm look at him. I am proud of her. He was the original singer. That was Peter Gabriel. You know, since but, we've been doing these like live stream podcasts, really there's two things I've noticed. One, the references are getting a lot older. 
And two, there's a lot of swearing. Thanks for the observation. In the air tonight, it's a great cut, by the way. Anyway, my whole thing is this. Mark Andrews, uh, I've moved into my top 10 at the tight end position. I'm all in on him. His ADP at 117 right now, that's absurdly low. He's one of the reasons why, look, if if you miss out on Travis Kelsey, who cares? Okay, and you say, you know, I don't want to... Uh, I don't want to overspend on an Evan Ingram or Hunter Henry or O.J. Howard. If you're going to wait on somebody, it's Mark Andrews. Or Jordan Reed. Or Austin Hooper, who I also like. Yeah. I've, got, I've got Andrews. I think there. Austin Hooper's last year was such an anomaly that I'm not as high in him, but I would agree with both of those other. I actually was on a podcast yesterday hyping Jordan Reed. I didn't know that you had that take either. Yeah. But I'm with the it's, Lamar Jackson. I'm going to compete with Trey Quinn, Just, though, you know. That's my other. Just to get back to Lamar Jackson. Terry McLaurin's getting all the buzz now. Oh, Terry McLaurin. That's because of the homeschool connection. Go Buckeyes. Homeschool connection. Well, (laughs) I know. He was homeschooled like Dwayne Haskins? Ohio connection. Oh, I see what you're saying. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Dwayne Haskins is from the Washington area. He went to the same college as Terry McLaurin. I was just mashing up the words. That's what happened. I was a linguistic coach. Your narrative streets uh, crossed there. I didn't get anything crossed, Matt. Um, so Lamar Jackson, <laughs> top twelve, <laughs> top twelve quarterback. Does that yes. also mean that Josh Lamar Allen is, is in that conversation? E- oh, come on! I'm not. I'm not going to bite because I think that it is very, very. Nobody is more excited for what the Baltimore Ravens, I almost said Orioles, could do. Nobody's talking about the Orioles, <laughs> ever. Oh, Nobody's no. more excited about what they could do than I am, but it's always fun before they start losing games, before your quarterback has a Deshaun Watson-esque season and gets himself all kinds of hurt, before your defense, which needs to take a minute to figure out their holes that I'm confident they will figure out, and he is passing, and that it leads to a lot of INTs because it's one thing to be accurate and camp with your big bodied electric tight end who in his second year is going to do something versus week two when your defense still hasn't gelled and there are actual linemen running at you I cannot buy into the law I'm I'm fine if you want to wait and you think he's a great QB2 value but there is so much depth that why are you going to gamble on this guy unless you're all about the upside which is fine I just don't think it's but there's I I just don't think it's a smart dart Loza there's no gamble here because it's all about scoring duality his floor is so much higher than traditional dropback quarterbacks. And then it's the same argument I have with Josh Allen. Like, I think Josh Allen is yeah. the most underrated quarterback in any fantasy draft I, right I now in QB20. Does he suck? Yes. He's terrible. So when he slides incorrectly, like, th- like th- that's a fine thing until you're on the field. It's a fine thing to think about. Matt comes at me about Benny Snell because that's a great theory until the games actually start. So this is a great theory until the games actually start. And I don't think you're factoring IRL into that. And maybe if they started with some real NFL teams, but they start with the Dolphins, the Cardinals, the Chiefs, the Browns, oh, wow. Steelers, oh. the uh, the Bengals. Oh, that's, oh. that's a fair, okay. I mean, like, that's a juicy first six. So like, if, 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 that's we, the, if that's their gauntlet while they're figuring it out, I feel a little bit more confident about it. Okay, I'll go on a limb and say this. Lamar Jackson will be a top five quarterback for the first, what was that, six games of the regular season? Six games, yeah. Okay, mark it down. And then at that point, it's like, well, just, you know. <laughs> but, and that's I the thing the about fantasy. I have him at QB 18. That's about where he is ADP-wise. He is. That's exactly where he so is ADP-wise. Everyone else is higher on him. You're, like, at cost. Fine. I'll take it. Uh, any of the wide receivers are we interested in Baltimore? Are we buy Miles Boykin? I am I in, Boy- in, uh, in Dynasty. A, a late round, like, in a deeper league. Like, I'm in a in an Apex League with a bunch of other writers right now, and there we have, like, 18 rounds. Someone just took him, and I was like, I kind of wish I had gotten him. He's a freak. Yeah. He's a, yeah, what yeah. was that, 90 percentile spark score? We, we talked him yeah, up in April. We, we yeah, love him. him. Yeah, big fan of Miles Boykin and see what he can do. 
I mean, Brown, Hollywood Brown, too, if he gets on the field, yep. gets practicing a little more. He's, he is back at practice. But I think, I think Willie Sneed is a fine dart throw. I think these guys are like <laughs> super, super late. I, I took Willie Sneed in the fishbowl. Uh, just really reference late. that Apex League. I took Willie Sneed when I lost out on If, if you are a consistent listener of the Yahoo Fantasy podcast, anytime Willie Sneed is mentioned, take a shot. Drink. Because that's one of Matt Harmon's guys. Hey, he does not get the respect he deserves <laughs> for being a hundred, hundred like target player. Willie Sneed, hundred target Drake. player. Because like how you're burnt about all these running backs that let you down. Yeah. The annoying thing about Willie Sneed was, I was going to be right about that take, but you know he gets suspended. He finds himself at the doghouse. He's a cheater. Oh, oh my God! Are we all, all right, perfect well, if here? we're gonna talk, <laughs> if we're gonna talk cheaters, let's talk about the Steelers. Oh, oh. wait. Oh, sure. Okay. <laughs> all right. That's fair. That's fair. I'm in. Yeah. We're sticking in the AFC North. Um, we've already talked about James Conner. I think Brad, you are with me in terms of being on Team Dante Moncrief. Oh, absolutely. Right. We're talking. How could about you not be? Well, well, uh, it was my Maybe? worst fantasy take a couple of months ago, according to Harmon. Yeah, well, that was before, you know, what, what, what was the actual the take? Camp started. Well, that he would be the number two receiver and that that the team needed an obvious red zone threat. And you can throw out last year in Jacksonville because whatever, you can throw out his last year in, in well, he uh, was, Indianapolis he was hurt. because, because yeah. Andrew Luck wasn't there. Yeah. And you remember his seven-touchdown season with Andrew Luck under center when T.Y. Hilton was doing the dirty, dirty work in the slot. T.Y. Hilton, Juju Smith-Schuster, lots of crossover in their skill sets, right? We, we imagine. And he's an athletic marvel. Liz? Yes, Matt. You, you were right. I was wrong. Okay. Wow. That, that is a seminal moment here on the podcast. 100%. Your eyes were more open to possibilities than I was. You, you might want to get him to, like, write that down, sign it, you know, long-term to memory. Tattoo it. Right, tattoo Liz, it. Yeah, right. scroll it right there. Brad, what do you think about Vance McDonald? Uh, hang on, just to put a chair on top of the Dante Moncrief stuff. Sure. He's still going after pick 100. I don't understand it. He's going in the 11th round. He is clearly head and shoulders. James Washington may be behind Deontay Johnson but right this now. This is because people are, uh, this is a recency bias. And so I don't want to like spend that much time on it because people are like, oh, that scrub never did anything. He can't run any routes. That may be true, but he can't touch that catch Great. touchdown. Great, so he's and they post sleeper to the you know fifth power. Great, buy into it. Third it's, team. You have 169 targets vacated by Antonio Brown. It was like 220 overall. Somebody's going to pick up the slack, or even if they regress in terms of passing output. Dante Moncrief is going to be at least a wide receiver three in 12-team half-point PPR. Wow. No argument. Vance McDonald, uh, I got him a tight end nine. Uh, Absolute monster over the middle. Uh, I still remember him stiff-arming Chris Conti in a retirement. Uh, <laughs> that's two shows in a row that, that <laughs> moment. Oh, did that happen? Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, how could you forget that? It's one of yeah, the better plays of the year last year. Unforgettable. Uh, I, I'm, I'm rather bullish on Vance McDonald. Uh, I, again, it's all about the opportunity share. He's a talented guy. He's tied to a competent quarterback. What else do you want? You like him over Jared Cook? Or uh, I have Cook at eight and Vance at nine. Who you got at seven, then? Uh, I don't remember off the top of my head. Right. And I got Mark Andrews at 10. Ebron. I have Ebron at seven. No, you don't. You have Jared Cook at seven. Okay, I lied. I have Jared Cook at seven. And you have Vance McDonald at nine. Okay, and then at eight, I have Ebron? Yes. There you go. I think I like uh, Vance more than both Cook and Ebron if you're splitting hairs. So, I mean, are you are, are you saying that Ebron's going to have a precipitous decline in touchdowns? I mean... Touchdowns, yeah, I think I have... 12 last year? I think I got him at like six or seven. 
right now. And it's but not, that's still good. So it's still it's still top. I haven't have my tight end nine or ten. I mean, I'm, again, we're splitting yeah. hairs here. I have them in the, all in the same tier because I don't do. Where, where do you stand on Ebron then? I have made as well. Okay, so and that's interesting because I think in the fantasy community as a whole, we're very much in the minority. Because everybody looks at how hyper-efficient Ebron was last year. They've, oh, Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle's going to come and do this. Jack Doyle's going to do that. Is Mo Alley Cox. Is Jack Doyle healthy? Like, no. I mean, Mo Alley Cox is really maybe the threat, the yeah. former VCU I, hardwood baller. Up. I have him actually ranked, which is weird. I, even <laughs> even if he, he's going to regress. We all understand that. But is but it going to. Even if he does half of what he did last year, I, you're still. Yeah. And I think it's going to be more than that. I mean. Andrew Luck trusts him in the red zone. It could be another eight touchdowns. The only thing is this Colts offense is a little, it's getting a little crowded. If, if all things work out with their wide receivers, the thing is, though, Funches has had some injuries in training camp. Mm-hmm. Paris Campbell's Harris not been Campbell, helping. But yeah. theoretically. And he's not expected. I mean, I know he's practicing now, yeah, but, he, but he wasn't expected to be at yeah. full strength until November. And that was a player that the team was super high on. Yeah, that's also, one, that's also, yeah, that's also one that I feel like could just like a nothing, go away a nothing fizzle problem. out but uh, but yeah the, the, the point being though the Colts offense might be crowded but I also I've been projected to lead the NFL in pass attempts so yeah I'm, I'm in on their tight end 10 to 1 to win the Super Bowl love it let's talk hopefully, about ca- hopefully so, so we agree in terms of Vance McDonald that you know former slot receiver high on him Matt made the Matt made a good point uh, a couple of episodes ago about every year being Vance McDonald year so there might be a little bit of um exhaustion there with that player? It's a little nice. Yeah. It's great. Fool me once um, kind of mentality. Yeah. Seventh seventh round. Who would you... Let's play another game of... What do you call... This or that. I like would you rather. Sure. Trademark. Will Throw Fuller down. or Vance McDonald? Oh, interesting. I mean, I don't know how to do that without like thinking about team construction, but... If you're I deciding... Mean, if you know that Mark Andrews is going to be available later, are you going to waste a pick on Vance McDonald when you could have I that player like Will Fuller? I have not been clicking on uh, Vance McDonald as much as I do like him, that ranged. Uh, my strategy at tight end has either been usually not Kelsey, but sometimes I'll dabble in Kittle. Sometimes I'll dabble in Earth. But I've been more inclined to actually pay up for the young breakout guys, the O.J. Howard, the the, the Hunter, Hunter Henry, Henry, the Evan Ingram. And then usually I'm passing. I'm actually like my tier three there outside of Mark Andrews, who I've snuck in there, but yeah. he doesn't go in that draft range. I've been passing on the Jared Cooks, the Eric Ebrons, the Vance McDonalds, and waiting for an Andrews, waiting for a Jordan Reed. Well, well, I would I, go... I've also waited for Greg Olson a bunch. I've really hated my life and waited for Delaney Walker. So, I mean, oh, you know... No, no, no. I think you just got to look at the positions in general and the depth that are there. Like, yeah, you could bank on Mark Andrews, but I would rather go with the sure thing tied at that point, knowing that wide receiver, I've got probably a handful of options yeah. I'm into. D.D. Westbrook is one in particular that I just kind of wanted to bring up because I think D.D. Westbrook is criminally undervalued right now. Uh, I think he's wide receiver 44 on average in drafts, and he's going to lead a team. Yeah, it's going to be conservative offense, but D.D. Westbrook is going to see maybe 25% of the target share. And going from Bortles, you, you've got something on the tip of your tongue, to Foles, <laughs> I believe, is an upgrade. And D.D. Westbrook, I think, is a Chris very Conley. good route runner. Chris Conley, are you going to say it? I'm going to do it. Chris Conley. He's, he, I was reading the Roto World today, and there's a nice little blurb about him. I'm getting a little hot under the collar for him, man. Like, this was a take that I had back in January, and then I kind of shelved it because it seemed so crazy. All these but... takes I made fun of you for Woo! back in like, January, February. Who's got coming, the coming skill back. set to unlock that big Nick energy? And it is Chris Connolly. <laughs> Bam. Um, in best ball, he is my late round guy. Best ball, obviously available would, now on Yahoo's platform. You're the only human being on the planet, maybe outside of his immediate family, that is going to bat for Chris Conley. 
well, then let me be alone and right. And by the way, if I'm wrong on this one, everyone's gonna be like, well, nobody's gonna remember because right, you know right. nobody's. So you didn't tweet about it every you know three minutes like this I did tweet about it. Yeah, but not. It's not, been there. Not. Do you guys see the breaking news? Tell me. Uh, according to ESPN, Antonio Brown is gonna be out a while due to his extreme frostbite. His oh, yeah. funky toes. We're talking Steelers. So we forgot. Isn't that such a Cali thing? Like you moved to Cali and you you live in how do you all this time. Do cry- it's cryotherapy and you're going in with bare feet. Well, you think you're superhuman. I mean, but we, we, I we, we call bro. this guy, like, uh, we call it, we watch his, like, videos of him catching tennis balls and stuff, and you, you believe And loafers. And designer loafers. I love what they have on the screen there. They're blurring it out with this throw. Yeah, it's very, it's very nasty. It's oh, rough. Yes. It looks bad. It's rough looking. So um, what's have a you wild? Ever done a cryo? By the way, that was something I was going to pitch, whether they send us to a cryotherapy place to see who could stay in the cold. Oh, thing. I love that. I know, right? I thought yeah. so, too. Oh, oh, man. Brad lives in Denver. Hashtag Team Raisins. Regular, but we've gotten soft. Right, right, right. I, I I don't know awkward pause. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think I don't I think what happened was he he like there was a malfunction or a mishap in the whole cryogenic thing. Dude, That's what I was reading. Doctor, you gotta have so what? Let, so man. let's talk since we are talking about the AFC North. Then is that affecting where you draft him at all? Antonio Brown. Yeah, is it affecting your rankings? I mean, it's frostbite. So, yeah, but it's, it's not. But it's not frostbite. That was, I was reading. Doctor David Chow put a blog post about this today. I was just reading before I walked over here to the studio. He says it's not frostbite because it's not black. Like if it was, yeah, right, yeah. yeah. True. But but it's uh, there's some issue. It's beyond my realm of understanding. So how long is like physiological he, understanding? He, yeah, he yeah, way way beyond. But he says he will be ready for week one. He, it just might cause him to miss some preseason time, some training camp time. So what you're worried about is is he building that rapport with with Derek Carr? You know, the quarterback who his kids don't even know he's playing with yet. <laughs> <laughs> Valid point. Uh, though we did get a Guy Fieri sighting on Hard Knocks. I didn't watch Hard I don't know if I'm going to watch Hard Knocks. I'm over John Gruden. I don't need that in my life. So right now, all of us have Antonio Brown ranked in our top 10. Some 8, some 9, some 10. He's going in that general area. I, I don't feel like it's it, it's tough for me to pull him down outside of the top 10 when I'm looking. The you other guys on uh, AB or Juju? Which one? Juju. AB. I'm with you. Barely. That's close. I think I'm back to back. I don't, it's not about the history with Juju. I just think like, you know, I, I expect because you asked him to the prom and he less, turned you know? down. I don't really want to talk about prom. <laughs> I think Juju had a different job last year. I don't, I don't think yeah. he's doing his job this year. And any, he's like graduated. Remember your freshman year of college? Like you might've been the biggest senior year of high school, but your freshman year of college, like it took some growing pains. Yeah, but a lot of, a lot of, a lot of four locos my freshman year. Ooh, four locos. And this is back when they had the caffeine too. See, I was in the Mad Dog 2020 if you want to go nasty drinks. Four locos, wow. Let, well, you know, Cincinnati fans are going to wish they had some four locos to make black out. <laughs> well, speaking of, what is there to talk about with Cincinnati? Just on just on one point, what you were saying about Juju and 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 the difference in job. I've been harping on this point. No one really wants to listen. It's hurting because, cats right because, now. Because, because... He's so productive. He's got historically productive. Please don't do that voice ever again. I, I, might, I might do it, it again. Uh, but I think this point that Keenan Allen made about about that's the point I made and, uh, on yes, our podcast yes. months ago. I just wanted to read the quote off. He said that for like Juju changing jobs, it will be life changing, life changing. It's gonna be hard to sleep at night trying to find ways to get open, different routes, different coverages you've got to look at, double teams, double pressures, just everything. The whole game changes. I think that's a, I think it's something worth discussing. I don't know if you're if it's gonna tank Juju's fantasy season, 
but I do think it's something worth discussing. But it is just recognizing that there isn't, and I keep saying this, there isn't a copying and pasting of last year to this year. You cannot do that. You have to like look at the nuance and adjust. And I am going to adjust you one last damn time to the Cincinnati Bengals. I just want to talk about Juju for... I would like you to, to talk, talk about, about Joe Mixon because you do not like him. Yeah. So go Can we tell talk us about Carl Pickens. A Joe Can we go old Mixon? school Bengals. You guys, I'm going to no. quit. No. Like, I don't know. <laughs> can't talk about- Who are we talking about? AJ Joe Green. Mixon. Joe, why do you, Joe why do you not like Joe Mixon despite the fact that last year you didn't like him and I told you to like him anyway and he still overperformed he did. with a bottom 10 ranked run blocking unit according it could be to even football worse outsiders, right? And they, they now it's going to be, yes, it is going to be much worse. I worry about the breaking down. I still have him like projected for way too much, but that's... Here's the one stat that I'm clinging to about Joe Mixon. And this is, it, it shocked me when I looked it up. You know how many stack boxes he saw last year according to NFL Next Gen stats? I don't know. It was right around 18% of the time. That's it. Never last year. 18% of the time. Uh, he's going to be a point of emphasis now with A.J. Green on the sidelines till who knows when. I don't think we're going to see A.J. Green at all in the month of September. Uh, it could be mid-October by the time he gets back, uh, you know, coming off that foot procedure. It's going to take time for him to can get his conditioning back up, everything else. Uh, I I'm just, I'm really concerned about Mixon. I'm really concerned about this team getting red zone opportunities, maybe in garbage time, sure, because this team's not going to win more than five games. Well, that's also always been a, a point of contention. And if you notice um, and you go back through the years, A.J. Green has always been more efficient in the moments in which Tyler Eifert was on the field because there needs to be a second red zone threat. And so... We're now going to rely on Tyler Eifert, which is a really hard thing to do. Yeah, good luck there. staying right. healthy. And here's, and I don't like to invest fantasy capital. And in some cases, you may have to invest a late round one or high-end round two pick to acquire a mix-in on a running back on a, pardon my French, team. I 100% agree with you. Um, Not when Dalvin Cook's I'm, I'm, Yeah, there are just picks, I, there are picks I like better. It's Connor. <laughs> I, I think I'm I think I'm with all three of those over Mixon right now because as Brad mentions, it's the bad offense. It's it's been my one kind of hang up about carry on Johnson. But are you guys then warm. not giving any credence to Zach Taylor who's coming from Zero? I was just, I was just I, well, I'm I'm gonna give some credence. I was just about to say, but to play devil's advocate here, you'd mentioned the stacked box thing. The one the one reason Todd Gurley never faces any stacked boxes is because, yeah, they have a good passing game, but also the way that system runs in LA, the fact that they run out of so much 11 personnel, the fact that they, when they use two tight end sets, they do it very but well. They have the personnel to run that kind of stuff. That's the, that's the, that is the hang up. Is that, un I think un it's unfortunate because I would kind of like to see Andy Dalton in this system. I would really like to see a talented running back like Joe Mixon get those open holes like they do in LA. But I think the personnel is a big hang up. And for that reason, yeah, even though theoretically I can make an argument that, yeah, he's not going to see those stack boxes, defense attention is not going to matter. At the end of the day, the fact that the personnel is so bad is a, a tiebreaker against. Okay, so what do we stand on Tyler Boyd? Probably, probably not going to draft him. I actually I really like him. I mean, I, I think he's fine. I think he's a fine, fine talent. Floor play. He's right? a floor guy. You know what you're getting. Um, yes, floor play. Yes. Um, I think he is a fine talent. I also think that this is another example of a player who is not doing is not going to do his job. Like this is not the job that he was brought on to do and he is going to have a promotion. And so while the volume might be there from a fantasy perspective to make up for that, I if the tiebreaker for me is talent, then then he's not winning the tiebreaker. Now, hang on a second. Time out. He's been in this situation before. Okay, we so went through these stats six games. a couple of episodes ago. Yes, three of them with so Dalton and three of them with we're Driscoll. Jeff Driscoll, yes. okay? So even ignoring the quarterback situation for a moment, if you take what he did in the six games without A.J. Green and you extrapolate it out, okay, 
72, 1,088, five touchdowns. You know what that line was equal to or nearly almost identical? Kenny Galladay last year. Yeah. Who was wide receiver 20. Yeah, I think that's, I think he had fine floor play. I think it just, he is a very team construction dependent player. Like if you, yeah, if you're in that fifth, sixth round range yep. and you want a yep. clear projection, a guy who's probably going to hit those 70 catches, going to hit those thousand yards, great. You take Tyler Boyd. I think that if you're playing a little bit more, uh, you know, aggressive, then you're, that's the range you're looking at with like a Calvin Ridley. A I was DJ just going to say Calvin Cooper Ridley Cup. or Tyler Boyd. I, I would have take Tyler Boyd. Back to Boyd. I would. I have them ranked back. To back. The, the, the issue I have with uh, Calvin Ridley is he had seven red zone receptions last year. He was outside the top 80 in terms of red zone target percentage. He was incredibly efficient. Uh, him and Matt Ryan were on the same page. I think the quarterback rating for Ryan when he targeted him was like 134 or something yeah. off the charts. I yeah. mean, he had 10 total touchdowns. There's going to be regression. Yes. But that's what I fear. I agree. There will be regression in some of those per-target statistics, everything like that. But if the Falcons do not give this player an opportunity-based promotion, they are real, real dumb. <laughs> and that kid, real, 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 real These dumb. These are NFL coaches we're talking about. Dan Quinn. Very fair. Dan Quinn was talking up Austin Hooper. Oh, well, you know, maybe we got the next Tony Gonzalez here. I mean, he didn't say that, but Dirt basically cutter, putting in that context. Cutter, you want to come on. We're yeah. talking around it, but there is a question from our tra- a chat about one of these key players. KJ All Day 41 wants to know, when should you draft AJ Green? Round seven, 12-team league. Probably not. I am not drafting not him. Do it. Christian Kirk or AJ Green? Kirk. Christian Kirk. I go Christian Kirk. I, I, I think it, Green has to get to, yeah, like round eight. And it, and I better be like set at wide receiver. And I just I just we're can't. also imagining that a 31 year old receiver who's coming off of another uh, foot another, ailment yeah. in a new offense after in having a new been stuck in the same one, the left one. That's right. After being stuck in the same offense for oh for since his career began, right? Like, I mean, at least some then stuff. then mid. I mean, if the argument is we don't like players who change teams after the trade period ends, right around Halloween. Then how can we like AJ Green coming into a full into the fold? Here's a random thought, hypothetical question: If AJ Green and Sammy Watkins were both Humpty Dumpty, who would fall first? Just me. I just push me off the wall at that point. <laughs> I don't know why. Why, why, why Humpty Dumpty? Humpty Dumpty falls. Sat on a wall, fell down, and broke into a bunch of pieces. These players are injury injury prone. prone. Okay. Is, I mean, it's it's not his best work. I'm, I'm proud of that one. I just came with it on the spot. Maybe not. Breaks first. Who breaks first? I think Sammy Watkins. Yeah, I would take Sammy Watkins too. But AJ Green is now entered into, into that conversation. He has become a part of that. Remember Fragile Fred Taylor? Although he had a great, durable career late yeah. in his uh, in his. And by the way, he's pissed off because he's the number two all-time Jacksonville Jaguar now behind. Uh, I don't know who number one. Oh, it's Tony Baselli. Let's take some let's take some some questions. Uh, Mike Davis one two three. Hey, I like that. Does Robbie Anderson have any value? Yeah, he yeah, has, he has, yeah. yeah, he's got. Oh, I got him top twenty. Wow, that's aggressive. That is super aggressive. Of course you do, Brad. Um, Sorry. How know. about this one, Trey Burton uh, or Mark Andrews? We're all angry. Mark Andrews. Yeah. What about this one? Where would you take Todd Gurley? On are you taking Todd Gurley? Uh, I would not take him. His ADP right now uh, it stands around fourteen. That it's crazy to me. I've said this before. Here's the phrase that that pays people. Arthritic knee, you morons. That's what he has. He has an arthritic freaking knee. It could flare up at any time. It could swell on him. 
He can miss multiple weeks. When our own Charles Robinson came out and he got it straight from the coaching staff, McVay, the horse's mouth, and tweeted out about a week ago. And that he asked him point blank, what is Todd Gurley's expected usage? He said 65% of the snaps. Of course, everybody in the fantasy community goes, well, if you get 65% of the snaps, you uh, divide that by three, then you carry the one, and divisible by this. Based on last year's numbers, they're like, oh, he's RB9 still. There's no guarantee that yeah. Todd Gurley's even going to play 16 games. There's no guarantee he's going to play 10 games. There's no guarantee, even if he is on the field 65% of the time, he's getting the touch every time. That's just the projected snap share. And there's no guarantee that he's got to catch the ball. There's no guarantee he's going to be used in goal line situations. You are playing with fire if you draft Todd Gurley anytime before round three. And chances are you're going to get burned. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah, that's a pretty strong take. You said it. <sighs> I would just say that if I can't take James Conner at 11, I can't take Todd Gurley at 12 because – the reason I'm not taking those guys that late is because I'd prefer to switch to wide receiver. So I'm not drafting him because of the positional opportunities at the end of the first round. I just think it's it's ludicrous to me that people, the, the, all they're doing is safe. they're being seduced by the brand name. Yeah. And there are people in the fantasy community. Sure. People that we know and respect that are just like, oh, yeah, yeah, well, arthritic knee, that's no big deal. It's a big deal. He didn't play in the damn Super Bowl. I got a bone-on-bone bone situation here. It's not fun. Sorry, JJ. I'm not, I'm not playing. Sony Michelle. But your knee's not arthritic. I did ask my attorney if yeah, his, um, I have one of those. Uh, I asked my attorney who if nice. he got the stem cell situation. Mm. I was like, uh, he's a big Rams fan, season ticket holder. And he was like, yes, we're sitting in our meeting going over some paperwork. And um, he said, so Loza, what's your thoughts on Todd Gurley? And I echoed some of your sent sentiments. And he was like, you did know, you I've, uh, I've had the stem cell stuff. He did not yell like that. Not at me. I pay him. I meant um, did you yell. Arthritic thing. No. You have um, to. Arthritic thing. But he did say he did the stem cell thing. And I was like, did it work? And he was like, nah. And I was like, well, Todd Gurley's 24, you're 50. But still, it didn't work. This dude is rich AF and he got all the fancy. He didn't get like stem cells from like some hobo under a freeway. Like he got the best stem cells, you know? He's got Larry King's knee, essentially. I mean, there, there's no shot for Todd Gurley to play 16 games. <laughs> Well, I'd hate to end, but actually this is a perfect spot. segue because um, dad, producer Brett, wants to know, what was the oldest reference in this episode? Fleetwood Mac, Motley Crue, Van Halen, or Phil Collins? Well, I think I just gave it away. It's Larry King for the win. <laughs> yeah, Larry King. You Larry King with for the win. That's it. Suspenders and all. Bam. Ooh. So we'll be back next week, I think. <laughs> Um, well, Fingers crossed. Matt will be back next week. I'll be um, here. I will not be here. <laughs> you can call our voicemail if you have any kind of questions. 888-85-YAHOO. Matt, promo your pod because I think there's a very talented young football analyst guesting on your show this week. Yeah, Adam Rank is doing the Drew Lock. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends on the angle you look at it. Um, yeah, no, so Drew Lock episode of Rookie Orientation is going to drop this week. Uh, Brett and I... League winner, Drew Locke. What league? Hand placement? The NFL. Him and, jo <laughs> him and Josh Rosen going to be dueling in the XFL next year. No, I'm I got to type, guys. I'm, I got to type. I'm, 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 I'm kidding. It, uh, Brett and I actually just recorded the episode before uh, we hopped over here. I will say, Liz, it's a, it's a fun episode. We really do, I think, the, you know, the ups and downs of, of Drew Locke. Uh, a lot of justice, of course, representing the ups is our own Liz Loza. And it's a, it's a treat. As I always am. 
Follow us on Twitter at Yahoo Fantasy. I'm at Liz Loza underscore FF. That's Matt Harmon underscore BYB. And over there, of course, is at Yahoo. Arthritic knee! Oh, Lord, we are out, and I couldn't be happier about it. I really got to go to the bathroom.